0: Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial.
1: Member FINRA SIPC. Well, it's almost back to school time in Arkansas, and this week on the Get Ready for the Future show, it's back to the basics. We're calling it Retirement 101. Today, the basics of the different types of retirement accounts that are out there, how they function, and how they can help you reach your goals.
0: This is
1: the Get Ready for the Future Show. And welcome into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future Show all across Arkansas. We are glad to have you. Hope you're having a great weekend as we turn the page on the calendar into the month of August. And as I just mentioned, back to school time, wreaking fear and havoc into parents all over the state as they get ready to send their kids back, teachers getting ready to go back. It is a busy time once again upon us all over uh, the state of Arkansas. We're glad that you're settled in for the next hour. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker to my right, Troy Johnson to my left. Good morning guys. Good morning good morning. So I looked up this back to school statistic because you know hear you hear about summer learning loss. Uh, yeah, when people get and we talked about this some last week in fact about summer is a time where we really want to relax, obviously and sometimes we take that into an extended relaxing. Instead of just one week or two weeks, it's maybe three months, and the kids are that way. I know it's hard to get them off the couch during the summertime. (laughs) And so this learning deficit or learning loss is apparently real. According to Oxford Learning, on average, students lose two months of reading skills over the summer. Wow. Because they don't read, right? Physical fitness levels even take a hit. And according to Harvard, 2.6 months of learning in math is lost over the summer. So this is a big deal, right? If you sit around and... Watch a lot of TV, the kids I'm talking about, or the parents too. (laughs) You watch TV, you play video games, you're not in the habits that you are in during the school year. You can lose knowledge. Now, let's take a look at how that applies to what we're going to talk about today. We're calling the month of August Retirement 101. We're going back to the basics. And a lot of the basics may have never been gained in the first place if people haven't really thought about it. But there are some very basic things that we deal with every day that if people don't think about or, or have thought about and then not thought about for three or four or five months or three or four or five years can be lost for sure.
2: Absolutely. And when you think about the fact that sometimes we have to go look it up because we haven't dealt with it in a <laughs> yeah, few weeks or yeah. whatever, just to make sure that we're right, you know, that, that okay, we deal with a lot of facts. And so did I get that confused? Let me go look that up. The folks that don't deal with this on an ongoing basis, uh, I think uh, very much so, uh, and understandably, could be clueless about a lot yeah, of this stuff. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So, you know, we we don't want you to be clueless about preparation for your retirement, really at any point, which is why we're so educationally minded around here. So, I, I guess the uh, the school year never stops at Gen Wealth. Yeah,
2: that's right. Let me let me just uh, throw an excuse out there. I'm just going to blame it on the weather because I, I was. <laughs> out over the weekend this this past weekend and and it was hot and, News and, flash. and it was, it was bad hot. And, uh, all I wanted to do was go inside, but I had work I had to do outside. And I was actually talking to, to a friend of mine on the phone, actually talking to Charlie Skinner on the phone. And I said, you need to probably come up here and capture this moment because I'm actually doing manual labor in the sun. So <laughs> it was, you know, you get out there and you don't want to go do those activities. You do sure. want to nest up in the air conditioning and, and take it easy because going outside is stressful and, and mm-hmm. hot. And, and the same thing is true when it comes to your finances, you know, it's, it's, stressful it's it's hard sometimes when you don't understand this stuff in the beginning, you never right. had any background on it, and then all of a sudden you're needing to use it uh, you need that fundamental understanding to be able to move forward and that's why we we coach people in the way that we do Troy.
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, we toss around a lot of terms. So, for example, the the different types of accounts. Well, we hear that stuff every single day. Right. The listeners out there, they may not know the difference between a Roth IRA and a a traditional IRA, and then you throw in other types of employer plans. So that's really what today's show is about, is getting back to the basics and just make sure we have that uh, fundamental level of understanding. Yeah,
1: so the jumping off point is really, I mentioned in the open, about account types, because I think there, there needs to be, right off the bat, a clear distinction in this show when you start thinking about retirement accounts, drawing the line and, and highlighting the difference between the type of account and investments inside of that account. Because right. I, I think that's something that gets
2: confused a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So you think about people come in all the time saying, well, what's what, what does an IRA pay? Yeah. And, yeah. and an IRA doesn't pay anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an IRA is simply just a designation or a label that is put on your account that indicates that this is a special tax treatment that is being taken on this account, that you're not having to pay taxes on the earnings every year, and that you may or may not have gotten a tax deduction for putting money into it. What really pays is the actual underlying investment <laughs> inside the IRA. And Janet, that could be thousands of different things, Yeah, frankly. Yeah, I mean,
3: I mean we, we make the just ridiculous breakdown on this, not that you want to put your Roth IRA or traditional IRA into a savings account, but technically you could have a savings account that was labeled as a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. You could have it in mutual funds, you could have it in stocks and bonds, you name it. Any investment can be held inside of a Roth or a traditional IRA. I, I love the way Dave Ramsey does this illustration he takes a a mason jar, and he's giving people a visual on what a a mutual fund is. And so he has these alphabet pieces, you know, the magnets from the refrigerator, the little ABC magnets, and he'll hold up an A and say, okay, so this is Apple stock, and we're going to put that in the mason jar. And this is Walmart stock. And he flips it over, and it makes an M, and he goes, this is Microsoft stock. And so he he does all these letters, throws it in the mason jar, and he has this collection of letters that represent all these different companies in the mason jar and goes okay this is a mutual fund with a couple of hundred different companies represented in it and then he takes this little bitty coat and wraps it around the mason jar and that coat protects the mutual fund from taxes and so that is the representation of either a traditional IRA or Roth IRA, depending on whether we're being protected on the front end or the back end. Um, but that's, that's the representation. The mason jar does not change. It simply gets protected from taxes. And I think that's a great visual, whether the investment is a mutual fund or whatever type of investment, it doesn't matter. The traditional IRA or the Roth IRA is not the investment. It is simply the tax treatment.
1: It is the package, if you yeah. think about the wrapper of that. And those are traditionally things that you're going to open on your own, through either through the use of a financial advisor or on your own. The employer plan is something we're going to talk about, too. Most people know what? The 401K. And most people, Troy, that's what they're going to have. And, and that's where most of their assets, quite frankly, for retirement are going to be. But if you don't have access to a 401k, and we do sit with a lot of people who don't have an employer-sponsored plan. Today's show's for you too, if you're wondering, what are my options through uh, through my job?
4: Right. A couple of things we're going to touch on is is a simple IRA, which is almost like a 401k, but for a smaller company. And then there's also something called a SEP IRA, It's Mm S-E-P IRA. And we'll touch on both of those later in the show also.
1: Yeah, and the differences between them, John. And and really, I think this is going to be very educational for people, but it's also going to create, hopefully, some motivation to act.
2: Absolutely. You've got to be sure that uh, you don't get all educated up and absolutely don't have any place to go. So you've got to be able to take action. And everybody can contribute either to a traditional or a Roth IRA, now the question is whether it's tax deductible or not that's a whole other subject but you can still contribute to one of those vehicles to help fund your retirement and and i will say that that learning what is available to you or maybe even encouraging your employer if you don't have one to explore it because that could be the big difference in your retirement but not only just your retirement everybody else that works alongside you could benefit from your employer instituting a retirement program and they can do it with not a great deal of cost. It'd be really surprising how low the cost is.
1: So maybe you need some help uh, getting one of these types of accounts started. Maybe you have these accounts and you just don't understand them. Today's show is for you either way. The Get Ready for the Future show talking about retirement 101 and we'll continue right after this. (coughs)
0: You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. More where that came from after the break.
1: Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality plan personalize and protect your future with the team at Genwealth. call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment now back to the get ready for the future show
0: investments and economics move at the speed of light and we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game From Genwell Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Well, if you have heard
1: the fastest four at any point in time, really, over the last six months, uh, all of 2018, you know that we are pretty positive and pretty optimistic about the short-term possibilities of the economy and the stock market. Now, We know, John, that there are legitimate reasons to be negative, right? Sure. There are lots of reasons out there, and you hear the negativity every day. But we want to spend the fastest four today talking about why we believe the positives – outweigh the negatives.
2: Well let's talk about those negatives for just a second. Obviously some would say a negative about the future is this whole Trump wildcard thing. What's he going to do next? What's he going to say? What's he going to tweet? Who's he going to make mad? Those types of things. That's out there. Some would point to this age of the bull market, Scott. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's nine years now in running, maybe headed toward ten, got to play out at some particular point in time. Others would point to this rise in interest rates that we've seen and basically saying, okay, the the era of cheap money's over, and that's been what's fueled the market since the the Great Recession. And so we're taking away the punch bowl, and and all bets are off now. We would say in regard to the bull market that that's all a bunch of bull. Uh, <laughs> we just do would, and here's why: the S and P is on a run. Over the last three months, the S and P has shown a positive return uh, during a time when stocks. traditionally a pretty state over the summer and in 14 of the last 15 times that there has been three consecutive months of summertime positive performance the S&P has been positive for the remaining months of those years and so the average return on those uh, years when it was positive was actually almost 11 percent so we kind of like the the momentum that's going on there and of course past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results, but we like the odds over the next six months, given the fact that the market is doing what it's doing. Now, Scott, another factor is is corporate earnings growth. Corporate earnings growth is is really on fire. We expect a 20% gain in corporate earnings. And as you know, we believe that earnings are the key to the future of the market.
1: Yeah. Fundamentally, looking at corporate uh, earnings, we expect a 20% gain and and that that's that's incredible really when you think about where the economy has been because you talk about the length of the bull market john but but for much of that nine years the earnings growth has not really been there not on this level
2: that's right and 78 percent of the companies reporting in the current earnings season are reporting at or above expectations as far as their earnings are concerned so you want to go for three yeah let's go for three let's talk about rising rates Rising rates, we, we've seen the 10-year bond go from about 1.3% up to 3% in, in recent days in the, in the last few months. Historically speaking, 10 out of the last 11 times that we've seen rising rates, we've seen the stock market rise and follow those rising rates. Two years ago, the 10-year was at 1.36. Now is at 3%, and stocks are on the move, and we expect that momentum to continue. Yeah. Now, the other
1: thing, you said we were going to stop at 3 but the GDP, too, we have to touch on. Too, because the growth there has been pretty
2: good. Absolutely, the the president famously said on the campaign trail that we were going to get tired of winning. I don't think Americans get tired of no. winning, and I think that we're beginning to win. We haven't had a winning GDP uh, history in the last seven or eight years. We're beginning to see that, and I think that the tailwinds that we're getting from the tax cuts and some of the uh, corporate—I'm uh, sorry, some of the government spending things that are going on actually are going to propel us higher as time goes on not an absolute guarantee, but the things are looking good based on the tea leaves that we get to read.
1: So four things there in the fastest four. I'm pretty impressed that you got those in, in four minutes and 20 seconds. (laughs) That's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching. And the get ready for the future show continues right after this
0: what you hear the get ready for the future show is always just a click away find us on itunes google play or on our website get ready for we'll be right back now back to the get ready for the future show from the gen wealth radio network studios
1: talking about retirement 101 Getting back to the basics as it's back to school time all across Arkansas in the month of August, and we're talking about the basics today, the fundamentals, if you will, of the types of retirement accounts available possibly to you and how they function and and what their value is as you build your plan for retirement, accumulating uh, wealth over time and, and getting into the investment side. We want to remind you: if there's always an education opportunity right around the bend with our Gen Wealth Academy workshops, and our next ones are coming up next month. We've got two coming up in September. They're entitled "The Three Big Retirement Risks." Though, what are the three big risks to your retirement? These are vital to know about as you head into retirement, and really at any stage in life, but particularly if you're in that retirement red zone that we talk about so often—five to ten years out from pulling the trigger and walking away from uh, your job and walking into retirement, what are you going to be facing? What are the three big risks that you need to have a plan to address in retirement? We'll talk about that on September 11th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock and on September 18th at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. You can sign up now, though. I know it's a month and a half or so away, but you can sign up now for free at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. It's free to attend, dinner provided, and learn about those three big risks. So these, particularly for our pre-retirees out there listening today, if you're getting close to retirement and thinking about building that plan, if you don't already have one, of how you're going to make sure you don't run out of money before you run out of time, you need to be able to have a plan that addresses those three big risks. So join us there. Get ready for the GetReadyForTheFuture.com. Lots of stuff there on the website. You can find out more about us there. John and Janet both returning uh, recently from a big trip, an annual focus conference from LPL from LPL financial who is our broker dealer here at Genwealth financial I wanted to give you an opportunity before we dive back back into retirement 101 to kind of talk about some of the highlights that some of the takeaways from that trip
2: well, I think that any time you've got an opportunity to get away and uh, not just recharge your batteries, but to refocus, as yeah. uh, to use the the name of the conference, that's what this trip every year allows us to do. We are able to connect uh, very deeply for four or five days with our partners at LPL Financial, uh, not only just the research team that we work very closely with on a, on a day to day basis, but also uh, all the operational things that, yes. that happen at LPL. And and you know if you're a clock or you're a listener, you're going, well, what's, what's, what's the deal with that? It's the engine that makes GenWealth run.
3: Yeah. And so we, we deal with big picture things and and things that seem, may seem very small, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, Troy and I have a, a mutual client that when we sent some documents uh, to them to be signed, it didn't look like an official, you know, this is a DocuSign email. It just looked like it was coming from, you know, a person they haven't met. They happen to work here, but they hadn't met them yet because they hadn't been in the office. And just the appearance of that is not what we want our clients to experience. And so for us to be able to realize, okay, this is the client experience. This is the experience of our investors. And to be able to communicate that to home office and for them to listen to us and go, oh, okay because they have no clue you know they've mm-hmm. not been on that side of the equation at all and for us to be able to communicate and and ask them to change things like that so that your experience as an investor from the minute details to the very big major ones is as good as it can be
2: we uh, took along with us, uh, Candace and Mark and, and Tim from our team. And, you know, it is a great opportunity for our, our younger advisors or our younger in the business advisors to get around folks that have done uh, a, a ton of stuff in our industry. And that's that, that progressive learning that always goes on with our team here at GenWealth. Uh, we never get to a point and stop. We're always moving forward. Sometimes everybody asks Janet and I, hey, can we stop now? And we're like, Nope. nope. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop. We just got to keep going, and so it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's a it's a long uh, uh, period of time that we're engaged there, but it's a great opportunity for us to to sharpen our sauce, so to speak, with the help of our partners at LPL Financial. Yeah,
1: we talked about in the open about the learning loss kids go through in the summertime. We don't want that to happen no, here. So no. the summers are always very busy. Uh, acquiring new knowledge and new experiences here at GenWealth. What we're talking today, again, of a retirement 101, the basics. We're talking about the fundamentals of some of these types of accounts and, and drawing that distinction as we did in the last segment or in our first segment today about the difference between a type of account and then what goes into that account. So we're talking about what types of retirement accounts are available. And, and we're going to kind of start at ground zero here, if you will, if you don't have access to an employer-sponsored plan. In other words, when you go to your job and, and HR signs you up for either a 401k or some type of retirement plan there, it doesn't mean you don't have access to a retirement account. And and really, John, when we talk about a retirement account, we're in the, it, what we call it is a qualified account. It, mean, it means there is something, some
2: qualification that goes with it. Yes. And the most basic retirement account there is, is a traditional IRA. Now, back when IRAs were instituted, and this was a long time ago, probably 40 years ago or so, it was banks that had IRAs, yeah. and I think that's where the the question comes in sometimes. Of uh, you know, well, I, I, IRAs don't pay very much, do they? And and that's the misnomer that we talked about earlier in the show. It's it's the funding vehicle. Everybody has IRA accounts these days in the financial services industry. You know, we have them to offer, and we also have lots of different options for funding those. But let's talk, Troy, for just a second uh, about the the differences uh, or the the character. I guess we would say, of of an IRA, Uh, your contributions may or may not be tax deductible. That's very much driven by how much income that you make. Right. That's going to be based on what your income is, whether you can take that tax deduction or not. And that's a CPA question that uh, we always defer to the CPA because uh, they have a full picture on their income strata and whether they qualify under a fairly complex set of IRS regulations that, that are there. And so that's something that, that we we look at on a regular basis is whether or not it's tax deductible. But Janet, you know, the the tax deductibility is, in our opinion, icing on the cake. It is really yeah. the tax deferred growth of either a traditional or a Roth IRA. It,
3: it is. And that's something we can, we can develop in just a moment. I want to take a moment, though, to just give some big picture similarities between the two. Let's just get the concept overall. So let's talk about contribution limits. If you are below the Age of fifty, you can contribute up to five thousand five hundred dollars in a year's time to a traditional or to a Roth IRA. A
2: married couple could do eleven thousand dollars together uh, into
3: separate, Two separate, account. Account. Yeah. Yes. Two separate uh, accounts. Yes, a his and a hers. Yeah. And and by the way, they don't both have to be working. If That's one right. spouse is working, the other spouse can contribute as well. Let's let's clear up
2: this question. No, you can't combine the husband and the wife's IRA. We have that question all the time. All the time because people go well. Wouldn't it be just more efficient? Wouldn't I get more bang for my buck if I put all these dollars together in one? It really doesn't matter. And then the IRS won't let you do that because it is called an individual retirement account, not a couple retirement account. That's
3: right. That's what the I stands for is individual. So you have to be able to separate that. Um, Troy, talk about when they can make contributions to an IRA or a traditional IRA.
4: Yeah, as long as you have employment income, you can make a contribution to a traditional or a Roth IRA. Uh, like Janet said, the maximum contribution is $5,500 if you're below age 50. If you're age 50 or above, they'll let you do what's called a, a catch-up provision there and put an extra $1,000 in per spouse. So you could get up to $13,000 um, combined. Total, mm-hmm. Yeah. And again,
1: you already mentioned this, but just to clarify, too, when you say you have to have earned income, if you are married and you file jointly on your return, the spouse doesn't have to have earned
2: income to Correct. be able to have right.
1: a $5,500 contribution to her own or his own
2: traditional IRA. Now, to uh, be clear on the contributions for just a second, you can contribute from the time you have earned income all the way up to age 70 and a half, but you cannot contribute beyond age 70 and a half to an IRA account because you have to take required minimum distributions from that IRA and they won't let you do both at so the same time.
3: So that leads into some of the differences between the two and the, and really what you want to look at is the taxes on it. So the concept on a traditional IRA is let's say that somebody makes $50,000 a year. Well, if they contribute for even numbers here, let's say they contribute $5,000, they get to deduct that $5,000 from their $50,000 in earnings if they're contributing to a traditional IRA. So they're now taxed on 45,000 rather than $50,000 in income. But because they've taken that deduction on the $5,000 now, then at the time of retirement, whatever they withdraw from the traditional IRA will be taxable then. So traditional IRA, not taxable now, taxable at withdrawal. All right. The Roth IRA is just the opposite. If they make $50,000 and they contribute to a Roth IRA, they're still going to be taxed on $50,000 in income. But at the time of retirement, when they begin to withdraw that income, then at that point, everything that they're withdrawing is tax-free. And that takes us into the benefit of the gains in those accounts.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to offer an unsolicited opinion. Nobody here at this table has solicited that opinion from me, but I'm just going to say that That the tax deductibility question of a traditional IRA is a shiny, sparkly distraction. From, yes. from the from the ultimate goal of what you're trying to do as a matter of fact it is so distracting that it could cost you in retirement thousands of dollars in terms of taxes because if you don't do the traditional ira if you don't do the roth ira then you're going to end up paying taxes on all that money that you've accumulated
4: yeah let's talk about some actual numbers on that because like janet
2: was saying you've
4: got a choice if you let's say you're 30 years old right now and you're going to put in $5000 to either a traditional or a Roth IRA. So you've got a choice. Do you want to take the deduction now or do you not want to take the deduction and have the tax benefit on the back end? So if we've got a 30-year-old, they're going to put in $5,000 just this one year and that money's going to grow at, we're going to assume an 8% rate of return until they're 66. So if you do that math, that means that that 5000 is going to accumulate to just under $80,000 over that time frame.
2: So so one
4: $5,000 contribution. Right. We're just looking at one year's contributions here. So if they went with the traditional IRA, they would have deducted that $5,000 like Janet was talking about. When they get to retirement, they're going to pay taxes on every dollar of that $80,000. Right. If they were to put that $5,000 into a Roth, then they wouldn't have taken the deduction on the $5,000. It's still going to be worth that $80,000. So they've got $75,000 of tax-free money in retirement. That's a big deal.
2: Yeah, per $5,000 contribution. Yeah, yeah, because that's just one year. Yeah, that's just one year of contribution. So uh, don't be distracted by the whole issue of tax deductibility or not. Don't let that freeze you up in terms of making a choice on a traditional versus a Roth IRA. If you'd like to learn a little
1: more about the differences, a traditional IRA, Roth IRA, and could you uh, use that towards your retirement goals, you can call us at 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355 to set an appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor. We'll be back We'll be right back after this. <laughs>
0: retirement should be more more than just investments more about you and more get ready for the future show stay tuned for more from the studios of the gen wealth radio network back to the get ready for the future show
1: that studio in beautiful bryant Arkansas, but we have Gen Wealth Advisors all over the state of Arkansas, offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and we have offices in the Bozier City Shreveport area as well. A Gen Wealth Advisor ready to sit down with you. We gave you that number on the tail end of the last segment, but I want to give it to you again in case you didn't have a chance to jot it down. 501-653- 7355, 501 653 7355. You can call that number now and leave a voicemail, or what most people do, we'll call on Monday morning when the offices are back open and you'll be uh, sent, uh, transferred to Anna Olive, who is our client introductory specialist, and she'll have a conversation with you and and figure out who uh, she would like to set you with, which advisor uh, she'd like to set you with for that free First appointment, it's absolutely free to you, cost you nothing. About two hours of your time, Well, basically, Anna will ask you to, to accumulate a few documents uh, so that we can have a picture of where you are, come in and have a conversation about your retirement goals with us. And some of those conversations may revolve around, hey, do I need a traditional IRA? Do I need a Roth IRA, as we talked about in the last segment? But we're going to talk in this segment, as we continue our theme this month of Retirement 101, getting back to the basics, we're going to talk about the 401k. That is obviously a place where I think, fair to say, most of our clients' wealth tends to exist when they first come to see us, John. That's the easiest place
2: to get plugged in. It is easy. It is not always understood. Yes, and a 401k is a great vehicle. Let's first of all say that and and endorse 401k participation. We really regularly uh, encourage our clients to max out their 401k as far as their match is concerned. If their company has a match, we want you to first go to that 401k and get every dollar that that uh, employer is going to give you. Janet, for instance, if an employer has a 50 cent on the dollar match up to, let's say, Six percent. That's the mm-hmm. most common mm-hmm. that we right. see matching equation. So if you say that that you know you're gonna to contribute to the six percent, you're getting a fifty percent return on your money before it's ever invested.
3: So let's put numbers to this. And again, I, I really like easy math. So let's say somebody makes a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe yep. it's maybe it's two spouses. They each make fifty thousand, I mean, and we can identify with that maybe a little bit easier. The household makes a hundred thousand dollars. They both have access to a 401k, where if they contribute $6,000, they get a match of 50%, so that's another $3,000. So of the $100,000 that the family makes, if they contribute 6%, they're contributing $6,000, they get free from the company Three thousand dollars, so that six thousand dollars becomes nine thousand dollars before it's even invested. We continue to be absolutely perplexed by people who don't put money into that because Troy, I can promise you that if you and I set up out here on the corner of Reynolds and Commerce and had like a lemonade stand sitting out here, but instead of lemonade, we were giving away a fifty percent match, and we said, "Hey, if you come by and give us a hundred dollars, we're gonna we're gonna give." Give you back a hundred and fifty. We would cause a traffic jam and Bryant police would be all over us, right? That's
2: for sure. Yeah. Well but, the other thing that you would cause is somebody to look at you cross eyed and go, What kind of scam are you running? And that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's quite frankly that's what, what a lot think. of people think about, about the four oh one K plan. They they somehow have this idea that the that the company's getting over on them somehow. Hmm. Uh, that that nothing's free and, and that, that somehow they're getting screwed in the deal.
3: Here's the deal. I can tell you what your employer thinking is thinking. There, you're right, nothing is free. It is not free to hire and train good employees. It is much easier to keep the ones you have than to go find new ones. That match is incentive for you to stay. That is part of why they're doing it. Frankly, they also get some tax advantages for making that contribution. So regardless of their benefits you're getting a benefit that you can't argue with.
1: Let me offer another another possibility why people don't get the match because I'm going to talk specifically to younger employees because a lot of times if you are in a job for a rather long time, you started that job at a younger age, that's when you got that booklet for your 401k yes. dropped in front of you. And you weren't thinking about a match. You were thinking about, what can I afford to put back, right? You're thinking, can I do $100 a month? Can I do $150? You're not thinking about the match, and then you don't ever think about it again.
3: right? Well,
2: and and that goes right along with the thing that I've harped on for years is that the standard education process on the 401k plans across the United States is here's your 401k packet. Have it back on Friday all filled out. Make your choices, and we'll get it processed for you.
3: Yeah, I will never forget when I got my first job teaching, I was 22, and I mean just barely 22. Um, in fact, I was probably still 21 when I interviewed. And so got the job. They go through all the benefits and everything, and I remember the lady telling me about the cafeteria plan. Well, I had enough sense to know that she didn't mean the Food? school cafeteria, <laughs> but I, I really had no idea what that really meant, and nobody explained it. And by the way, I'm old enough that this was pre-Google. You know? <laughs> so it's like, what do you do? What yeah. Nobody's telling you any of these answers. I had no idea what, you know, all of the benefits, what do you do? So we all
2: know about these problems with the 401k plan. We've been proactive here at Wealth, and we are offering the opportunity for folks that don't have any money to invest with us to come in and sign up with a program that we call Wealth Foundations. Yes. And one of the things that Gen Wealth Foundations will do is teach you about your 401k and not just teach you about the facts of your 401k, but actually teach you how to use the 401k to your advantage and how to best utilize it. I've often said that the 401k plans are like giving the keys to a, a, a high-speed sports car to a 14-year-old along with a owner's manual and saying, Okay, you're all set, good to drive, take off. And we just flounder with it. We don't know what we're doing. So if you're in that situation and you'd like to enroll in an ongoing coaching program about your personal finances, contact Anna Olive and ask her about Gen Wealth Foundations because Gen Wealth Foundations is clearly designed for those folks that, that you know, we don't necessarily need the investment dollars that are in your 401k. We have a, a financial planning program, and yes. a, basically it's like a retainer fee that we will coach you through just your 401k plan or all aspects of your finances uh, as a part of Gen Wealth Foundations. And we are
1: talking about the fundamentals of the types of retirement accounts that are available, but a word I will say on the investment options inside of that 401k too, because I've shared my story about being in my 20s and going in there and trying to select that on my own and the trouble that that can get you in, because I looked at the names of the investment options there, Troy, and I saw high yield and I'm in my 20s. Right. And What's I thought high yield sounds pretty good, yeah. man. I, I want <laughs> yeah. a high yield, right? Well, that's a corporate bond fund, is right. what that is, and, 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 and not appropriate
4: for me in my 20s because I needed more of a growth investment objective. But that's where a lot of people are. Right. Yeah. You know, just trying to pick the funds on, on your own with no experience in this industry is going to be pretty tough. Um, John touched on Gen Wealth Foundations. Also, if you're a business owner out there, another thing that we're willing to do uh, odds are most of your employees. Couldn't explain to you their employer plan, mm-hmm. so you are doing great by offering that to the employees, but they have no idea what what they're investing in and how it actually works. We're willing to come into your place of business and do a workshop just to just to give your employees some more education.
2: I, we we had a meeting uh, just this week with someone, and they said to us, you know, their their guy comes by, you know, every year and and sits down with them and asks this question: Do you want to make any changes? And they they shrug their shoulders and hold oh, their well. hands. I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you about that. You know, you need to know how to drive the car. You need to know how the car basically operates. You don't have to know about internal combustion to be able to drive the car, yeah. but you do need to know where the key goes and how to pull the gear shift and how to stay in the right lane.
3: You know, we focused a lot on 401k education in the workplace because that's really, we've been talking about 401ks this morning, but I'll add to that, you know, 49% of people spend time at work dealing with their finances. And so employers just, catch that. I promise you you're losing some time from your employees because of them being focused on financial challenges that they're facing. And it's not just the 401k. There are lots of other areas. And so we regularly do educational events and even if you have a 401k representative who's coming in on a regular basis, we don't even have to talk about the 401k. There are lots of other topics that your people are dealing with on your time and on your dime. And if you would like to check that we're more than happy to come in. We do these educational workshops at no cost. At the end of those workshops, then those who are attending have the opportunity to choose if they would like to meet with a financial advisor and get some one-on-one coaching so that we can help them through whatever stage it is that they're facing. We're more than happy to do that, obviously, but there's no obligation to do that either. So if you're interested in doing something like that at your place of employment, just reach out to us, whether you're the owner or HR, just go ahead and reach out to us. You can give Anna a call at 653-7355. That's area code 501, 653-7355.
1: And another note, too, we wanted to bring up, too, because one of the more popular uh, components of the 401k that we're seeing more and more as our clients bring in their statements from their employer plan is a Roth 401k component. So there is an option for many people out there, and maybe it's you, where you're able to have your money taxed. On the front end, and then dropped into a Roth 401k, which from a tax perspective works just like a Roth IRA, but we want to take a moment to draw the distinction. That contribution you make, the portion of your 401k contribution that goes to a Roth 401k, does not count against a contribution you could make possibly to a Roth IRA. They
2: are not one and the same. They are not. And there there's some peculiarities to the Roth 401k that are a little bit different than the Roth IRA, but you still have that ability to salt away that tax deferred growth. Remember, the tax deduction, as I said earlier in the show, is a shiny distraction from the ultimate goal of what you want to use any retirement account for. And if you think about this, it's real simple. I'm going to go George W. on it for just a second. You can arrive at retirement with a lot of money and pay tax, or you can arrive at a lot of money
3: with no tax.
2: Which would you prefer? Yeah, it, you know,
3: it's that simple.
2: That, that's that's just as easy as it as it gets. That's a good strategy. It is a good strategy. <laughs> since you're going George. W. (laughs) All
1: right. So we've only got about uh, 40 seconds left before we have to take a commercial break. But on the other side of the break, we want to get into the options that you are faced with uh, or available to you if you leave your employer. So we've been talking about these 401ks and building wealth inside of them. And and, and we mentioned at the first part of the, uh, the segment that our experience is that the majority of the wealth our clients have is typically in their work years anyway in their 401k so if you sever employment and you take another job in your 30s 40s 50s what do you do with that 401k that is still with your now former employer we'll talk about the options available available to you right after this
0: stay in touch with the get ready for the future show during the week search facebook for gen wealth financial advisors or follow us on twitter at gen wealth fa more straight talk about money after this break If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind the scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: And if any time during our broadcast you hear something you'd like to know more about, you can ask a question by sending an email info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or you can call us, 501-653-7355. Scott Inman, Troy Johnson, Janet Walker, John Shrewsbury. Glad to have you back as we hit the home stretch. Our final segment today, talking about Retirement 101 all August long. As it's back to school time, we're going back to the basics of retirement accounts today. And we've been talking about the 401k, and we're about to wrap that up. But we want to talk about one very important pivotal moment for you possibly with your 401k. According to the U.S. Labor Department, younger baby boomers held an average of 11.9 jobs between the ages of 18 and 50. We know we change jobs a lot. And I think a lot of that has been precipitated by the fact that we don't really have pensions available. So there's not as much loyalty right, to an employer. But we obviously have built up, many cases, a lot of assets in our 401k. So that harks or begs the question, what to do with your 401k. And many people don't even know what they can do with their 401k
2: when they leave their employer. Well, there are five, uh, I'm sorry, four options that you have when you leave your employer. You could do nothing and leave it there. Now, there are some advantage, advantages to that in that you're familiar with the plan. You've been using the plan. Right. You you understand what's going on. But also, I think that that you have to think about the fact that when you leave a plan you you get disconnected with it and oftentimes we have seen and Janet over the years i don't know i i think the ultimate number was like 8 or 10 different yeah. retirement accounts that people had scattered all over the place and they didn't really know what they had
3: yeah we've we've definitely seen them in double digits and and we've had people who've come in and have given us quote unquote everything they had and we've worked with them for years. And then years later, they come in and go, I just got the most random piece of mail. You're not going to believe this. And they have some old 401k somewhere that they had forgotten completely about. We've seen it time and time again. And so it's important to keep track of everything. So yes, you're right. One of the options is to leave it in the previous employer's plan. But if you have too many of those, it becomes a lot to keep up with. So just understand that that is one of your options. So the next thing you could do is to take it with you to the new employer plan
2: if they allow roll-ins, meaning that you're basically transferring the old 401k to the new 401k. And that keeps up with with where your money is, obviously. But you have to also think about, okay, what are the fees on that new plan? What are the the implications of the investments and things of that nature? So there's pros and cons to that that we can go over with you in detail. Uh, But it's obviously something that that you've got that opportunity to take it with you. You, Troy.
4: Yeah, you can move it to the new 401k plan, like you said, if they'll allow it. The biggest downfall to that is going to be your options inside of the 401k. Most 401ks have a pretty limited list of investment options. Whereas when we look at your third option, which would be to roll that money into an IRA, now you've opened up the whole world of investments. Because like, like we talked about earlier, you can hold almost anything inside of an
2: IRA. And that is option number three, that you could roll it to a traditional IRA Or you could roll it to a Roth IRA, whether it's a Roth or a traditional 401k plan. You still have those two options. Obviously, you have to pay the tax on it if you're going the Roth direction because the taxman is going to want his money before it goes into that Roth. And you need to have the funds outside of the IRA account or the 401k account to be able to pay those taxes. If you're converting it. If you're converting it to a Roth IRA. But a traditional rollover is a tax free, penalty free event.
3: As is a Roth rollover. So let's separate there because we're kind of talking about conversions and rollovers in the same conversation. Let's say you have an IRA, I'm sorry, not an IRA. Let's say you have a 401k where you have made Roth contributions. Your employer would have made traditional contributions. Contributions. So if you have Roth contributions, I can promise you, you got traditional match dollars from the employer in there, okay? So that means when you get ready to do something with that, if you roll it over, you're actually going to t- go to two different IRAs. You're going to go to a Roth IRA for yours, uh, for your portion of it, and a traditional IRA for the employer portion of it. If you wanted then to convert those traditional dollars to Roth dollars, that's fine. But as John said earlier, that would be taxable for you. When you, when you convert that.
2: The final option is obviously a cash out. And Troy, you've had a little bit of experience with talking to people about cashing out their 401k. Right, it, just because it's an option doesn't mean
4: it's a good option. In most cases, <laughs> it's not. So if you were to leave an employer and just decide you wanted to cash out that 401k, if you're younger than age 59 and a half, you're going to pay taxes, whatever your income tax rate is on that full amount that you cash out. And you're also going to pay an early withdrawal penalty of 10% to the IRS. So
2: normally, most cases, this is not the way to go. Well, and to be fair, a cash out does allow you to use the assets in any way that you see fit. That is, whatever the assets are left from all of that, because you're going to be looking at about anywhere from 30 to 50% of the dollars that you currently have in the 401k. If you cash it out, all that's going to go to taxes and penalties if you're below 59 and a half. And so you've got that issue. But I think the bigger impact is what happens to your overall retirement strategy when you take that out. You just gave an example, Troy, of the power of compound interest on $5,000 over a long period. Of time at an assumed rate of return, that five thousand grows to eighty thousand dollars. Right. Think about the effect of cashing out on your future balance. Yeah, you're not making a five thousand
4: dollar decision. First of all, you're not even going to get that full five thousand dollars because of the taxes and the penalty. You're really making an eighty thousand dollar decision That's right. there.
1: Let me say this too: if you're hearing these options over the program today and you're dealing with that currently, don't make that decision based on what we're saying today. Come in and talk to us. Set up an appointment with a Genwell Financial Advisor. We can walk through these options in greater detail. And really, that decision is going to be unique to you. What are your needs and what are your retirement goals? And what is your plan for retirement? 501-653-7355 to set up an appointment. It doesn't cost you anything to come in and have that conversation. If you have just recently left a job and you're wondering, what should I do with that 401K? We can have that conversation with you. We only have a few minutes left, but we do want to get into a little bit of a discussion about, well, what if I don't have a 401k? And there are a lot of people. Uh, I've met with several of them that never had an option through their employer of a 401k. And sometimes they didn't know there was anything else they could do other than maybe a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, as we've already talked about. But under certain circumstances, there are other employer uh accounts that could be out there for you, especially if you're an employer thinking about providing your employees with something, but you just you get a little bogged down, John, thinking about the, the, the bigness of a 401k. Maybe you've even explored that option before and and, and retreated from it.
2: Well, the, the scaled down version of a 401k for a business that has less than 100 employees is called a simple, S-I-M-P-L-E, simple IRA and it basically is a miniature version of a 401k plan it is ira accounts that the employer can make a matching contribution to a dollar for dollar match up to 3% of the salary is the standard option in the simple program there's also a a non-match contribution option that you could have of 2% across the board to everybody but most of the people that we deal with do a dollar for dollar match up to 3% of salary on on the simple program that basically says i'm going to help the people that are going to help themselves right. and if you choose not to participate I, as the employer, don't have any obligation to you. So it is a scaled down version of a 401k, very easy to install, no administrative costs to speak of to the employer, uh, a minor cost per year to the employee in terms of account maintenance fee and that type of thing. Uh, there are other fees that are, are you know, in, related to the investments, but as far as the account itself is concerned, it is a very, very inexpensive option for an employer to take a look at. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that dollar For dollar match that you make for your employees is tax deductible as an ordinary business expense to the employer.
1: And from an employee's perspective, it works much like the traditional IRA in the sense that you can you can direct it to many different investment options rather than restricted to what is in uh, the four hundred one k plan, for instance.
2: Yeah, you have all kinds of options on your uh, simple IRA program.
1: All right, we also want to talk about the SEP because that's one that I think gets overlooked for for employers who don't have any or very few employees. And there are a lot of those in Arkansas. There are a lot of people who are are either uh, have set up an LLC and maybe it's them and their wife who are the owners of that LLC. They don't have... Any uh, employees or few employees, this SEP IRA, Jen, it's a very beneficial thing.
3: Yeah, so Troy's actually going through the process of setting one of these up for some clients right now. What uh, what you need to consider on the SEP, and you mentioned this is for people who don't have a lot of employees. The reason is, whatever you contribute to it, it has to be the same salary percentage for everybody across the board. So your employees don't don't have to put in anything. You're putting in X percentage, whatever it is. So if you decide that you're going to contribute thirty percent of your own salary, you got to contribute thirty percent of everybody's salary, whether you like them or not. Okay, so so you've really got to pay attention to how you do that. Um, but as you said, if you've got you know just a couple of business owners and that's it, and no employees, it's a fabulous way to go because everything is to the advantage of the employers. I
2: think about people that have side gigs. You know that that have ten ninety nine income from a side gig, maybe that they are doing in addition to their regular job, and that is. Extra money that they are just trying to make to save for the future. This is a great vehicle to defer taxation on that because everything that you defer into the SCP program from your side gig is tax deductible to you and you don't have to report that on your 1040 form or your schedule uh, C form as it is for those side gigs and so it's something that you need to talk to your CPA about but we can help you set one of these things up at a very very easy process.
1: Well, sometime I think we need to do a two-hour Get Ready for the Future Show <laughs> we, we've run out of time. I hope you've gained some knowledge, gone back to the basics, Retirement 101, talking about all these retirement accounts available to you. And again, if you'd like to learn more, just reach out to us, 501-653-7355. We thank you for listening to this week's Get Ready for the Future Show. We hope you'll join us again
0: next week. Have a great weekend. see